Good morning, boys and girls. They wouldn't listen. And if you look up at the screen, I wanted them on the floor, but that's okay. If you look up at the screen, you'll see they wouldn't listen. Do you have friends that go to school with you and they don't listen to the teacher sometimes? When Milo? Sometimes, you don't have to give names, just we know people that don't do the things that they should do, right? Sometimes we don't listen to our mothers either, do we? And many, many times we don't listen to Jesus, do we? When he tells us to be safe and to be obedient. Well, I'm gonna ask you to imagine you way back in time during the days when Jesus was here. You know, one of, there were, they had rulers and they had people in the town and Jesus visited with them at certain times and he would come into the temple. And I'm going to also ask the audience, when I say everyone, I want you to stand up and we're going to participate with the story as well. Everything didn't go as planned, but we're going right on because we realize that when the enemy tries to stop us, we just get more determined. So what happens now is, I think I hear a trumpet. I hear the ruler. Let us say the Shuma together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Thank you. I see that Jesus is back home in Nazareth. Welcome. Welcome back. Would you like to read the scripture? Yes. There's a scroll at this time that he hands to Jesus. So Jesus sits down, and then our ruler comes back. We know the scripture. You read is te um, telling about, talking about the coming Messiah. God promised to send him. So Jesus says, yes, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So one of the persons from the, the town comes. He speaks so well, and he really seems to know what he is saying. Yeah, but isn't this Joseph's son? Are you saying you're the Messiah? You, you were my neighbor. How dare you say you are the Messiah? 
I tell you the truth, no, no prophet is accepted in this hometown. Now, I brought cheers from your father's carpenter shop. I know you are not the Messiah. If you're the Messiah, show us some miracles. I knew you would ask for miracles. Even though there were many hungry widows, Elijah only had one. Many people had leprosy when Elijah was a prophet, but only Naaman was healed. How dare you talk to us this way? Hmm, let's push him over the cliff. Everyone? Yeah. <laughs> now we can just pretend that Jesus calmly walks away and they didn't even notice because you know what? They weren't listening. So children, what did you learn from our play today? If you're not listening, you wouldn't know. Yes, sweetheart. Can't quite. You wanna come over here, Nilo? Come on. What did you learn? I learned that pe people f from Jesus didn't listen. Okay. Anyone else? All right. Come on. Um. Well, if we learned nothing else, children, we learned the Shuma, and that is to love the Lord with all your, thy God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And that comes from, can you say Deuteronomy? Say Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, and Luke chapter 4. Now, can I have someone to pray for us? Okay, Crystal. Everyone, bow your heads and close your eyes. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you for what we've learned today. Please help us all to have a wonderful Sabbath and to learn even more things today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.
like to thank my wife for the song. us to make a difference in someone's life and if someone is not telling them if no one is not telling them well who will who will go for us the scripture says in the book of Isaiah chapter 6 and Isaiah stood and said here I am send me can we say the same can we say that we will be sent by God And so I want to encourage 
our church week after week. God is depending on us to make a difference in someone's life, in your neighbor, that co-worker. Wherever you go, God is calling us to make a difference for him because it's all about people, everyone. It's all about people and what God is doing in their lives. And so we are so thankful for this opportunity that we have once again to come together to edify one another in the Lord, to be strengthened from the Word of God, that we will be equipped to go out and make a difference in someone's life. Amen? How many of you are happy to be in the house of God today? I am. How many of us, we are expecting a blessing? Are you expecting a blessing? Amen. Amen. I like that text and I say it practically every time. Where two or three are gathered, the Lord, he says that I will be there. How many of you have brought your burdens with you today? You brought your burdens or did you leave it at the door? <laughs> Which you came to cast it on him. Amen. Amen. Well, it is my prayer that we do so. It will be so sad if we brought our burdens. Either you left it at the door or it's beside you. And right after you just, we finish, you put it on. <laughs> and you leave with it. It is my prayer that we will just allow God to just do his work in our lives. Amen. Amen. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Lord, once again, your people have assembled. And Lord, we have assembled not to hear this preacher, but we have assembled to hear from you. We pray, Father, that anything that stands in the way of our blessing, let it be removed now, Father, and that in a very direct way you could speak to our hearts. I pray, Father, that you will help me, Lord, as your mouthpiece, that there will be nothing in me that will hinder your words, Lord, but that it will come out with great fluency, with power, with conviction and strength. Bless us now, Father, as we are connected to your word now, as we are linked to heaven directly. Hide me behind Calvary's cross and lead us into this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we wrapped up the What John Saw series, uh, it was very interesting that I was able to see um, the Bible in a different light. I want you to understand that every single time you take up the Word of God, somehow we are challenged to see God in a different light. Uh, let me tell you, if we preached on the same verse of Scripture, 
uh, from the same book, from the same verse, every single Sabbath, every single Wednesday night, I will tell you that every time that you come and you have a glimpse, of, you will see a different aspect of God. Our God is so great. He is so deep. He is so wonderful. There is, I mean, he is, it's almost like seeing God in all different angles. And when you see him this way this week, and you come back and you see him the other way next week, and I mean, God is just, he is just so wonderful. This is why we are even told that in the Bible, in, in, the, in when we are redeemed from this earth, the cross will be our study for eternity. The cross alone, that cross, what happened on that cross? Just to understand that the king of the universe, in fact, let me say the king of all the universe, because there's not just one universe, right? There is the king that he is of everything. What, everything that is in heaven, in space, everything that is on earth, that is matter, everything right across the king of all time and eternity. When we think that king, he came down to this very puny planet that is like a dot in comparison to everything that he has created, he came down here on a rescue mission to save us. Thank you, Lord. That is a, that I'm telling you, it's, it's a miracle. Amen. It is a mystery. And so uh, throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, this study will be unpacked. We'll be seeing different aspects of this, what Christ has done. And even when we study that, you're going to have to go back over and over and over because, I mean, it's so powerful. God is an awesome God. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, we are going to be um, looking at the ground, <laughs> what, we cons what constitutes matter, the earth. I would like you to um, consider with me the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. In this, we see a very interesting uh, story developing where uh, Jesus is teaching and he is helping his disciples to see what the kingdom of God is all about. And so when we think of uh, what we call a parable, uh, a parable really is, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Yes. Uh, this is a parable. A parable is, is a story that is told that we could relate to, but it has a heavenly meaning. And when we see this uh, parable, uh, it, it is all about what Jesus is, is bringing across in, in terms of the, the sowing. So what is sown and we see this very distinctly in Matthew chapter uh, 13. We see this very text. If we could put this slide on screen, we see in this parable, this ground that is, is there, and, and uh, we know what anyone that is acquainted with um, planting and anything like that or farming 
we know that in order for a seed to grow, you have to have good conditions. The better the condition is the better the plant, right? And I want you to understand that the, the whole um, Christianity, as we look at it, we are in God's garden or on his farm, right? And he is the, the one that tends to this. He is the one that makes sure that all the conditions are met within this, this garden, right? And so when we look at the parable of the sower, we see Jesus comes and he, say, he spake um, many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower uh, went forth, and when he sowed, some fell by where? The wayside. the wayside. And what came? The fowls or the birds came and devoured them. And some fell where? On stony places where they had much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Now it says, and when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, because they had no root, they withered away. Now some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears? To hear, let him hear. Jesus is bringing out something, a message here, and he is, he is telling them something that they could all relate to because back then, they were all professional farmers. They knew what it was to fish. They knew what it was to farm. They knew what it was to take care of animals. These people, they understood what the, the whole the, the land was, was all about. And so within this parable, we see this, this meaning that, that Jesus is bringing across and he is trying to help them to understand that there are different conditions of growth. There are different conditions of growth, but as a people, we must be very particular where our seeds are planted. We need to be very cautious where we plant our seed. And, and so as we look at the, the PowerPoint now, we see very clearly that these seeds that God has, has, has so brought forth, it is it's for a, a meaning and a purpose to show us exactly how the, the kingdom of God is going to be established. And so as we go to the slide, my PowerPoint, as we go to the PowerPoint, we see very clearly the PowerPoint, Troy, what I gave you. Sorry about that. <laughs>
sorry, technical difficulties while we try to figure that out. And we see now in, in, this, in this parable, God is, is bringing out the idea. In Matthew chapter uh, 13, verse 18, uh, Jesus comes and he shows them this, what this is all about, the parable of the sower. He says, when one heareth, in verse 19, when one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. That this is he which re, uh, receiveth the seed by the wayside. Uh, in verse 20, but he that receiveth the seed in the stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth. Yet hath he not root him in, in himself, but he dureth for a while, and when tribulation and persecution ariseth, ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Check on my memory stick inside. Sore number one. File is sore number one. And he also receiveth seed among thorn. It is he that heareth the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becometh unfruitful. Now in verse 23 he says, But he that receiveth seed into good ground it is he that heareth the word and understandeth the word, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Amen? Amen. And so when we look at the, the parables, I want, I'm going to bring in something and introduce to you that the parables also, this parable of the sower also typifies the kind of faith that is found in this church. It is the kind of faith that is found in anyone that is listening right here. There are four typical kind of faith. We have the, the first kind of faith, and this is the careless faith. You know, we, you just have the faith, I believe, but hey, whatever. You know, it's, it's very, it's, it's careless, right? And so let me put that on now. Thank you, guys. And so we see in this, we have the careless faith, right? Value of God's message is not understood and is disregarded. But then we have the others, the, the rocky faith, right? Contentment in surface faith in God, surface Nominal. You're not really deep, but it's nominal. Um, skips dedication to depth needed to stand firm. And so when that's the rocky kind of faith. There is no depth to this. The root cannot be, it doesn't have that good soil. But then you have the thorny faith, right? Destructively allows worldly priorities to compare compete with faith in God as primary. And so we allow the, you know, things to take us away, the cares of the world, you know, to take us away, to choke us out and, and bring us aside. But then we have the growing faith, 
And this is my prayer that each and every one of us will have. That growing, saving faith is an enduring faith in Christ. Fruitfully understands and practices God's word. I want you to understand that those of us that's listening today, we are either in one of these categories. You're in one of these categories, careless, whatever it is. You know, it's like, hey, just shooting the breeze. Whatever comes, comes. You know these type of people, right? It's just, yeah, I believe in God, but whatever it is. These are the type of people that you see there accept awards, you know, for acting in some destructive um, fornicating movies or something like that. Oh, I want to thank God for what he has done for me. You know, it's careless. But then we have the other, the rocky faith. The rocky faith and then the thorny faith. And we are praying that each and every one of us will gravitate towards the growing faith. Amen? And so as we look at this now, we see God design and desire for each and every one of us to have growth in our lives. Please dispel with this mindset that God wants bad for us. God does not want bad for us. God wants good. He wants us to succeed in every single area of our life. He wants us to be successful in our school. He wants us to be successful in our business. He wants us to be successful in our marriages. He wants our children to prosper from this generation to another. God designed and desires for each and every one of us to be prosperous, to be growing. And so many times as Christians, we buy into this poverty mentality that God wants us to be impoverished in different areas of our lives. God does not want us to be impoverished. He wants us to live and have life more abundantly, every single one of us. And please understand, I am not preaching prosperity, preaching here. You know, where others, you hear these ministers talk about sowing and reaping and all of these things. And when they're ta really talking about, they're talking about sowing into their ministry that their ministry could reap bountifully. I'm talking about the ministry where it is sown in you, right? And you can reap, but not necessarily the way they're talking about, not just monetarily, but in every area of your life. God wants us to succeed. He loves us so much, he set up a rescue mission to come down to this earth that every single one of us should succeed. And he wants growth. Amen? Amen. And so this is why we are trying to invest in you as a church here. I always tell people that I am not uh, just a minister just to lift the word of God. Right? I want to be balanced. I want to be able to lift the word of God, but I'd like to show you opportunities too in your life where you could build and you could grow. You know, if some of us, we need to finish school. Some of us, we, we need to, you know, quit that job, get a better job first and quit that job and move ahead, right? We know we serve a God that he delights in our prosperity. Some of us are hooked on things that we are not to be hooked on. 
and God wants us to unhook ourselves through the Holy Ghost and that we will be in a progressive light and that we will grow. Amen? Amen. And so as a church ministry here, we care about your growth and we care about your development. And this is what it's all about. And so in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 7, he says, Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Every single one of us right now, we are sowing in some way or another. We're either sowing some discard, discord, if I may put it that way, in, in your life, right? And when you sow in this way, you are, the Bible is telling us, you are going to reap what you sow. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he or she will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap what? Everlasting life. And so whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I want you to think with me right now. What have you sown this week? How have you sown this week? How is uh, things, how is life on the farmland, right? Uh, have, are you sowing weeds, right? Uh, are you sowing some um, herbs that uh, will cause you to uh, not be on your A game? Uh, are, are you sowing in a proper manner? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you to sow, to have a fruitful farm? our garden. And so God is, is challenging us in this way now in this book of Galatians chapter 5 as Paul is bringing it out that every single one of us we are sowing right now. Right? And indeed you will reap what you sow. One of the things that uh, I've always been intrigued with is speaking to teenagers. And I always pick on teenagers because teenagers are are individuals that are, you know, they are not fully grown, right? But they are grown. Uh, you know, they have the, the, the physique of an adult and of, of a budding adult, and the mind is not quite developed because as research says that the mind does not develop until about 24, 25. The brain, let me say. Right, your brain is not fully settled, so you're in the process. But it is always so intriguing speaking to teenagers. They figure that they know everything there is about life. You cannot tell them anything. You cannot educate them in any way. They know it. After all, you know, my history teacher told me this. You know, or my friend to our YouTube told me, our, they are so informed to the point that I had to take a stance, you know, with uh, teenagers that I have associated myself with over the years when I used to teach. Sometimes I just had to stand back, right? Some of them I would say, well, you know, that girl or that guy, he's not for you. Oh, but Mr. Madden, so and so, and they're going, I said, okay. And then the next, <laughs> next day you're wondering what happened. 
I'm saying is, is that there is a process of development and if we just allow God to just develop you, to show you how to sow in good ground, you will reap indeed good stuff. But a lot of us as, let me say, of, as teenagers to uh, the, the power of two, right? I'm talking about adults now. We could reflect back over our mistakes. We could think back over the mistakes that we have made in the past. I remember I had a friend of mine. He was, how old was he? He was about 30 years old in his 30s and he was a grandfather he was a grandfather and 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 then i and, and i'm just trying to wrap this and it's not bad being a grandfather but he was not prepared even to be a father you know because he indiscretions in his teens led him to have a child a blessed child but he was not prepared and then later, he was not even prepared to be a grandfather. And I remember, you know, it, it, was, it was so tough. It was so tough for him. And so what we got to understand, the Bible is telling us, you know, do not be deceived. As some, and some of us have been deceived, right? God is not, my, whatsoever a man reaps, that's what he or she will also uh, what sows, that's what he also will shall so reap. And God knows this. And so he has given us this book. This very book that we ignore. This very book that we don't take time to study and understand about us. You know, I am a very stubborn person. I want you to know. And I hate manuals. I hate manuals. I hate reading manuals. When I get something new, and I'm a gadgets guy, and I get my gadgets, I'm tearing open that thing, that manual is right across the room, and I'm with the gadget trying to figure it out, right? And my wife will just shake her head and say, well, listen, why don't you read the instructions? And I, I don't want to hear the instructions, right? I'm, I'm into my thing. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm pressing this in trial and error. That's me, right? I don't want to be reading that manual. But let me tell you, I've had many heartaches that I should not have had because I ignored the manual. We have many heartaches that we should not have had because we ignore the manual. And the Bible is telling us, yes, we sow in this way, we will reap, right? And it is so hard at times. You know, uh, there is a saying, they always say, a shortcut brings what? Long blood, right? And many of us, we like to go take shortcuts through life. We want to get rich quick. We want to do this and we take the shortcut and then we find ourselves in an in inconvenient situation. When God has a way, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Huh? But the end thereof are what? Death and destruction. And so God has given us, he has given us all of these, the, these instructions 
in his basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible. And so many of us, we ignore it. There is a young man. He was taller than the others. He was wiser than the others. Israel desired a king. And so they wanted to be like everybody else. And so they, they, they bugged the, the, the prophet Samuel, you know, to give them a king. And you know the story. Uh, they gave them the king, right? He was a tall king. He was a king that had the swagger. You know, you know, that, you know that swagger, right? He was a cool king, and they loved their king. King Saul. He was the best thing around, and they just love their king. But soon, this king got very corrupted to the point that he was not able to communicate to God or even the prophet, God's prophet. Uh, and and this, this king lost his way. And so when we pick it up in this text in 1 Samuel chapter 28, we see this king now, he was alone. Because the prophet of Israel had died. Samuel, the prophet had died. As we know that God, he did nothing on earth unless he consult his servants, the prophet, according to Amos chapter 3, verse 7. And so this prophet had died, and Saul was in despair. And Saul, he was reaping what he sowed. He was reaping what he sowed. And, and so he was in, in, a, in, in an inconvenient situation and it says now, now Samuel had died and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah and in, in his own city. And Saul had put out the mediums. Now it's interesting, right? Saul had put out the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Now, when the Bible is, is, is uh, giving you information like that, it's giving you the facts, but it's setting us up for something, showing us. In verse 4, verse 4, it says here, Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped in Shurim. So Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistine, he was what? Afraid. He was afraid. And his heart was what? His heart trembled greatly. Have you ever been afraid? Let me tell you, when you know your heart is right with God, there's no fear. There is no fear. Even if you tremble a little, you know, you know, uh, hey, God's got this, right? But he, there was something that was not right within the carcass of this guy. You know, because Saul was literally, he was walking dead. Let me, let, let me tell you, whenever we are disconnected from God, we are disconnected from life, therefore we're dead. 
Let me, let me let you understand that. And so Saul was walking and he was literally walking dead because he was not listening to God. He was walking in the way, in the path of death. And so here Saul now, he was afraid and he, had, he was trembling because the Philistines, the enemies of God, had surrounded the camp. And Saul was, he was in trouble. Now it goes on and it tells us in verse 6, And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not hear him. He did not answer him rather. Did not answer him either by dream or by Urim or by prophet. Now dreams, God will reveal dream, but also God will reveal to the priests. He would go to the priest and, and the priest would give an answer by the Urim Thurman. And so it would give a direct answer and help him to know this is the way. But he was not even hearing from that. Neither by prophets. Now his main prophet had died. And he had disobeyed God. He had broken one rule after another to the point God says, well, listen. You're not listening. So if you cannot hear, you're going to feel. Now, I, even when I say that saying, you know, it hurts. Because I heard that when I was small. My grandmother always said, if you can't hear, you're going to feel. And I know what was coming. You know, when I heard that, we used to just walk around and cover our tush. Because you know you're going to feel right especially if you acted up in public you know you're gonna feel it right and so Saul was in a situation like this where there was no answer dream by the Urim or by the prophets and he was in some deep trouble now Saul said to his servant find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to hear her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a medium, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Now there is a problem with this because it says in verse three that Saul had put out all of these people out of the land. He had sent them packing, right? He was a man uh, that was seeking to do God's business and so he sent these mediums out of the land, right? And so somehow now God was not speaking to him in either of these three ways that he usually uh, have God speak to him by dream, by Urim, or by prophet. And so he said, well, what do I do? I have no alternative, but I have to go to the devil. I got to turn to the devil. Now let me let you know something. Uh, this very week, right now, there are people uh, in my neighborhood. They put up these orange lights and these spooky symbols and all of that. And, oh, it's great fun. We're going to have trick-and-treating and we're going to have all kind of different fun. And they are having fun with the devil and the devil is just grinning and loving it. But let me tell you, we cannot play around with these things. 
It's a serious thing. We cannot say that we are servants of God and at the same time when God is not responding, we're going to, you know, the woman, right? Or the man, right? We cannot fool around. It is either you're standing for God or not. We learned back there when we were looking through what John saw in the book of Revelation chapter 3. God says, I wish that you were hot or cold. But because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. And so here we had lukewarm Saul right now. He comes in and he is not getting the message the way he wants to get it. He and he, the fact of the matter, he is not repentant. You ever had people like that? They know what they're doing is wrong. They know, we know what we're doing is wrong. And we are so bullheaded, we're going straight on, continuing on in our life of sin, knowing that we are walking the pathway of destruction, and we are going to inquire, Lord, here is thy humble servant. Here is uh, the, the, the one who loves you so much, Lord. Here I am. And God is like saying, what? Have you not read Isaiah chapter 58 or 59? If you harbor iniquity in your heart, why God says I'm not going to hear you. How on earth could you be coming to me and you know that you got to make things and you're not even talking to your brother or sister, right? Come on. How could you be coming to me when you know that you're robbing from me, you're stealing from me, and you're up in fornicating or committing a... and you're doing this willfully? How could you? And, and so Saul was in this position right now where he is, he knew he had to step out and confess. He knew it, but somehow he refused to do so. And so Saul now, in verse 8, and so Saul disguised himself. <laughs> he disguised himself and he put on other clothes. Saul figured out, you know, listen, you know, God is not hearing me, right? So I, I gotta, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fix myself up. And so he disguised himself and put on other clothes and he went and two other men went with him and they came by night. And so here is Saul now. He, he disguised himself, you know? Have you ever seen someone when they're caught up in something and they're, they're coming out of court and they're disguising themselves, right? He disguised himself and he goes around the corner and he's quickly, you know, he wants to make sure that, you know, hey, nobody knows, right? So, so he comes into one side of the castle with a gray jacket and he comes out and and he's exiting now with a So no one knows it's Saul. And Saul comes now and he disguises himself. And, and he is with two men, right? And he's traveling by night because, hey, I don't want God to see me. <laughs> After all, you know, come on. I don't want my wife to see me, right? And so... 
you know, he is disguised. He is disguised. And so he, he is, he is, he is set up now. And here he is by night. And he says, conduct a seance for me. And bring up for me the one I shall name you. Then the woman in verse 9 said to him, look, you know what Saul has done. Right? How he has cut out all the mediums and the spiritists. And in one version it says all the wizards out of the land. And why then do you lay a sneer for my life? To cause me to die. Why? And so this woman, you know, she is concerned now, you know. And perhaps she suspected that there is something about that guy. Maybe he, she saw the royal robe under the, the you know, he, she saw the tie or something, right? right? And Saul, and Saul swore by her. It says Saul swore by her, uh, by, uh, to her, by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come up on you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he says, bring me up Samuel. Bring up Samuel. The very prophet that he had some kind of a disagreement with. The very prophet that left him in previous chapters and told him, like this is it, the kingdom is taken from you and shall be given to another that is more worthy than you. The very prophet that he had he had despised and, and turned his back on. And so he comes back now. Samuel was dead. And the chapter started out to make it very clear that this man was dead. And Saul came to this witch and said, bring up this prophet, this dead prophet. And interesting, when the woman saw Samuel, saw Samuel she cried out with a loud voice. She cried out, there was something happening here. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. Why are you deceived? Why did you deceive me? And the woman and, and the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit, a spirit I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. Be very careful what you play with. Be very careful. And, and so uh, this, even as an, even a disclaimer, I encourage you, please, don't get your kids wrapped up in all of these things that's going to be happening this week. It is very important in any way. Now, I understand that there's some books that was given, some Sabbath school materials. If they come to your house, there is some materials at the outside. Please take them by the hand loads and drop them in the baskets when they come. Feed them with something spiritual. But interesting, we see here that this woman saw the spirit ascending out of the earth. And she didn't quite understand, but she was afraid. 
because there was something different about this. And there are many different schools of thought, and I know individuals, they believe, yes, he came up from heaven, uh, he came from heaven and went down and came up. Understand, we got to know where the direction is, right? Right? But let's, let's see this, and I'll just work on that. It says, and so he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up, and he is covered in a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed. Right? He stooped with his face to the ground and bowed. And now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me to bring me up? I want you to understand, folks. There are many individuals. They are roaming about, trying to deceive people. Let me say, they're not just individuals. They're demons. And what we have to understand is that this very thing God permitted this to happen because judgment, this was the final straw. This was, I mean, listen, <laughs> Saul was breaking a lot of traffic lights in his life. And this was the final straw. He broke that last one. And this was it. He is now talking to a witch, a seance. Come on. And now Samuel says to him, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply in distress, for the Philistine make war against me, and God has departed from me, and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophet nor by dream. Therefore, I have called you that, I, that you may reveal to me what I should do. So he is calling on the prophet. He is calling on this mere man that is dead. But he doesn't understand what he is playing with. You see, we have to understand who we serve. We, we serve the God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He controls everything. He is the creator of heaven and earth and all the angelic hosts, even the very evil beings, these, these departed beings that was in heaven that was thrown out, he controls them even. And so we got to understand when these demons tried to masquerade and they were coming up to try to pretend to be who? Samuel, right? God beguiled them, beguiled this demon. And what he had, this demon, was to speak judgment to Saul. And so Saul was seeing this now, and in verse 16, then Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you, and has, and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done, and the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and give it unto your neighbor, David. And so he is prophesying here. But God is beguiling these de this demonic force that is masquerading and pretending to be 
Samuel, and here this thing is speaking, and because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you today. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hands of the Philistine, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. You and your sons will be with me. I am dead, yes, you will die too. You will be with me. And the Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistine. And immediately when Saul heard this, he fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul and, and, uh, and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your handmaid has obeyed your voice, and I put my life in, I put my life in my hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. Now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your, your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat, and you may have strength, that you may have strength when you are on your way. But he refused, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him and heeded their voice. And then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. But check this out, verse 24. And the woman had a fatted calf in the house. If you study the theology of the fatted calf, right, it was always reserved for special occasions, right? This was a special occasion, right? So there was a fatted calf in this witch's house, right? And she hastened to kill it, and she took flour and kneaded it. Could you imagine how long it took for her to kill a calf and prepare it? and all of that, right? And she took flour, kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread from it, and so she brought it before Saul and his servant, and they ate, and they arose, and went their way. I want you to understand, please, everybody. Too many times, we get caught up in the hype. You know what I'm talking about, the hype? And we think we have this figured out. Samuel, our Saul, he was caught up in the hype. He thought that, hey, he has it all figured out. God is not communicating me with this way, this way, this way. So I'm going to go my way. And so he decided that he was going to sneak out in disguise, hiding from God. But can we hide from God? We serve a God that sees everything. We, seize, we serve a God that wants us to come to him plain as we are. We serve a God that is so mighty. And everybody, we got to understand that what God has in store for each and every one of us, right? 
But too many times we wrap ourselves up in all of these different things and we entangle ourselves and we can't escape. We see in history individuals who have bowed down to all different kind of leaders. All kind of leaders. And we have seen it in recent years. Who do we put our faith in? What kind of faith do we have? Do we have a growing faith? Samuel, he didn't have a growing faith. He was careless. He was careless. Let me tell you something that, in, in fact, it was the intention of the prophet Samuel to have the seed of this faith to be planted in this man's life that he would bloom and become a great spiritual leader, leading Israel into righteousness, but instead he displayed this rocky and thorny faith, careless, rocky and thorny faith. And as a result of that, he lost his life, lost the lives of his sons, and lost the kingdom. And God wanted him to grow. We see in recent years, individuals have come on the scene, right? These cult leaders, and they claim to have this special connection with God, and, and uh, there, there is a spaceship in heaven, and if, if they just follow him, they will go into the wilderness, and somehow, miraculously, this spaceship will come down, and we will enter into heaven's gates. And, and so these people, they, they captivate all kind of different individuals. Would be believing Christians. They captivate them and as a result of them, many people lose their lives. They get caught up in the hype. Who do you place your faith in? Is your faith in God? Is your faith, is it being planted in good ground? And what we have to understand, whatever we are sowing, we shall reap. If please do not come to this church and follow this pastor. Or leave this church because this pastor is boring and follow another pastor. Right? Don't get into the hype. Follow God. Worship him. He is the one. And so we got to understand, we see over time, these individuals come on the scene. Uh, you know, they have this swagger. They have this speech and they're charming the women and, and the men and all of these things. And as a result, people die. And they lose their way. There was one lady that was in Montreal and she was a diligent, diligent Christian. She loved the Lord. And somehow she got wrapped up in this Waco madness and went down and joined this guy. And I mean, it doesn't matter what anyone said, she would not get out of it. She was so wrapped up. She had her faith in this guy who eventually claimed to be the incarnate of Christ. Right? Michael. When we think of it. And so all of these individuals, people following them to destruction. 
Jim Jones. You relate to this one, right? Cult leader. This man, I mean, he was charismatic, everything. Had people giving money, traveling all to the other side of the world. And as a result, over 900 die in mass suicide. Be careful who we follow. The Lord wants us to follow him. And indeed, as we come into this realization, it's very important for us to lay our anchor on Christ. So, are you careless? Are you rocky? Are you thorny? <laughs> Christ wants you to be growing. And the only way you grow is by this word. The only way you grow is you if you lift up the word. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This is what it says. He says he is the word. In the book of John chapter 1, verse 1, this word was made flesh. It is Christ. We got to lift up the word. Teenagers, young people, young man, young woman, mother, father, grandfather. It is all about the word of God. What do you place your faith in? Where are we sowing? There is going to come a time when it's going to say it is finished. And God is going to wrap up everything. And we who think that we had time and eternity, we realize that it is just minutes and it's gone. And too late shall be the cry. The Lord is calling us. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to grow. He wants us to have a growing faith. And he's calling us into this reality. And it's not a joke, everybody. It's not a joke. It is not a joke. I'm realizing so many things right now about... God and I mean what the wonderful nature of God yes. how powerful he is yes. last night I was going through a book that I had in my library for a while and it was talking about the code of the Bible just to understand that we serve a complex God that even within the Bible God has codes in the Bible very interesting and I'm just looking at certain things I'm saying could this be just by chance no God is so powerful as I said at the beginning he is so deep you cannot understand his intellect he is so high you can't go above above him you can't out educate him I don't care how many degrees you have you could have so many degrees until you're blue it don't matter. It don't matter. God is smarter than you. 
And he has paved a way for our success. Hallelujah. And he wants us to grow. How many of us want to experience that growing faith? If this is your desire, stand with me, folks.